This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Hello again, and uh, thank you for listening or watching to this, the uh, the Shrimps Trust podcast, which we call Shrimpnet. This week, we are joined, uh, first of all, by uh, for the second week running, uh, this time eating his car, eating his car, no, eating a mild bar in his car, I should say, uh, by the chatty and approachable boardroom golf pro in Charlie Appleyard, who is sporting some new facial hair. Welcome along, Charlie. Thanks for doing this. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for the descriptive. Uh, everyone can set, you've set the scene well there, please. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to say we are joined for the second time this season by our, our uh, racing back to fitness custodian of the nets. Uh, the rather unlucky, but uh, here for the long haul, Stuart Morth. Stuart, thanks for talking to us. No, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. Good. So where, where do we start? Well, as usual, <laughs> uh, we always talk about Saturday's game. And um, Saturday's game... Um, we were talking last week with, when we had Grian on about the uh, the MK Don's Hoodoo, where I think we'd uh, managed a, sort of like a few draws, one win and 11 losses. Hadn't scored against them for six games. Capitulated 4-0, 4-0 and 3-1, the last three home games against them. It was pretty doom and gloom. And look what goes and happens, Joel. <laughs> no, it's got, the form's got to turn at some point, hasn't it? And it did finally, which was nice. And... Uh... At a time when MK Dons are in really, really good form. So uh, it was good to get a bit of an upset there. I mean, it, it was a funny one. I think I tweeted something about it as well. And like, when they score in the second minute, you, you think, oh. you, know, you can you lean on the old. Well, obviously, yeah. I just thought, here we go again. But at the same time, you kind of, you want the hope that there might be a little bit of truth in the cliche that you can score too early. And uh, yeah. it's out for yeah. us. But I, thought, I mean, it was weird because that. I didn't watch the game live, but I've watched it back. And it, it, I think it's always interesting watching the game back when you know the compared score. to watching it live. Yeah, when you know the score and you're not kind of getting really emotional. Well, you know, because when I'm you know, when you're watching the game, you're quite emotional, like we all are. Like I'm, I'm all over the place, you know. And but it's it's interesting watching back and kind of comparing what people have said about it at the time because, like, I thought first half, I think a lot of people said we were really poor, but I, I didn't actually think we were too bad in the first half. Obviously, they've got the really really early goal. I thought we kind of composed ourselves a bit after that and we had quite a lot of pretty decent approach play but maybe lacked a bit of final pass but I thought where MK Dons looked dangerous was uh, hitting us on the break Uh, and and they had you know they've had a number of opportunities obviously Archer's made a really good save spready himself when their lad's gone through to finish off that cross Uh, so you know and if you look at the chances as well a majority of their better efforts on goal, MK Dons, came in the first half. So I do kind of look at it and think, well, maybe MK Dons were kind of sitting off a little bit and they were kind of controlling the game by making sure that it was difficult for us to get that final pass and then hit us on the counter because they were successful at that. Second half, I thought we came out really quickly in the second half and kind of got them a bit, which I thought made the game a bit more chaotic. I thought they cut through us a bit more at times. Yeah. I agree. Also, I agree. we were just, but they were making more errors in possession. Sometimes yeah. they they were going long a bit more frequently. So it felt like in the second half we were trying to like 
um, give the game a little bit more chaos so we could like have a go at them a bit because obviously I think MK Dons are aside the way they play they kind of like a good bit of order and knocking things about and they're in control everything but we could have made well, it a bit more chaotic that second half I thought yeah I, I think I think you're right Joel and I'll let you continue in a minute I agree with you completely because when I was when I watched it back I thought straight away we we we, they didn't like the pace we came out with second half. Yeah. And I think that shook them a bit. And yeah. I'll let you carry on now, because I think I, I, I thought that. I thought, we looked it a bit, and they didn't like it. And even though some of our passing, we, we were they were intercepting and they were they were cutting through us a bit more, we were still having to go back at them, and they were looking a bit like, ooh. And as we know, the 92nd minute, that's exactly what happened, intercepted pass, and on we go. Yeah, and obviously I think the other thing we've targeted as well is obviously set pieces, even though, I mean, in in the first half, like we could have very very easily equalised. You know, the Stokes has had the header, and it's I don't the the the, M, the you know the MK guy, he's, he's got no idea it's him. It's just kind of just gone straight to the back of his head and gone over. And yeah. obviously we've got we've got another set piece, and we and we scored from it in the second half. So obviously that was something we were targeting. We were very successful on. I don't think they got much joy against those set pieces on the other end. So yeah, it was really good to see. And then I think also as well, just having that extra bit of depth. It, at, the, at the top end of the pitch. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've lost a lot of good players in January, but we've brought some really good ones in, and it feels like Jed's moved the squad around a little bit and given us a bit more depth up front. You know, we've been able to bring Guion on, and then obviously having Brandon Barker come off the bench, a kind of uh, a re, kind of uh, out of nowhere Charlie Brown coming down. Yeah, you know, over the over the past few weeks, so it was good to have those fresh legs on. I think that maybe that's probably what's helped keep us in the game and make you know keep up with MK's runners and everything and also have people who've got the legs to keep pushing to the 90th minute and then Charlie Brown is there to nick it off a, a loose Dean limiting pass and pop it in the bottom corner. Now, I, I was uh, engaged in taking my granddaughter to gymnastics, uh, which was from two till three. And we picked her up at three o'clock and got back in the car and I had Radio 5 on. And uh, it was Mark Chapman doing the Saturday afternoon show. And uh, he was, they were doing the usual round the grounds and they were a little bit late. And apparently the guy was the guy who was commentating was there from Radio 5 uh, at MK Dons versus Morecambe. But he wasn't supposed to be there. He was supposed to be somewhere else. And before that, he was supposed to be somewhere else. But both of them in the sort of like booking beds, that area had been called off. So whether he'd been to Stevenage or something like that, I don't know. But it was his third game. He'd gone to one game, called off, other game, called off, and got to MK Dons, got settled. And they went to him live. And he and he actually said, oh, they've just kicked off here. Uh, and Chappers was like, oh, yeah, do you know where you're at? You know, and he was laughing about it. And then he went, oh, and Max Dean's just killed one in. And I was like, no, I don't believe it. So I was absolutely gutted. But anyway... Drop, drop, there is a point to the story. <laughs> got got home, uh, fed the granddaughter, stick the TV on, blah, blah, blah. 20 to 5, a dad comes round, picks him up, picks her up. Uh, so I immediately go back, back on to 5 Live. Still one apiece. We're doing okay. So, yeah, that's fine. Gets to 3 minutes to 5. They're doing the roundup from the grounds, and they haven't mentioned MK Dons. And I'm like, oh, that's strange. Chappers goes, and there's one game still going on, and it's MK Dons, and it's John, whatever his name is. And he went to MK Dons, and he went, yeah, we've just entered the 92nd minute. Oh, and the ball's broken. So we got live commentary on Radio 5 Live on their opener and our winner. And literally, me and my missus were going, oh, my 
yards. I was going absolutely eight because I just didn't expect it. And it was just fabulous because it, after the hoodoo that we've had, Charlie, just to, 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 to put them back in the box and get rid of that hoodoo is absolutely fantastic. It was a brilliant win, Charlie. Yeah, well, it, the, the, all the all the credit has to go to my eight-year-old son Ted Appleyard, who was the mascot on on Saturday. Faz and him led the team out, so he's obviously a lucky charm. So, Jed and I've been discussing a, a contract for him to be the mascot every game to try and get set in the playoffs. Um, but but I, I missed a goal as well because I was pitch side with 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 my, with my son and his friend who were mascots, and we went we went back back through the tunnel. Up this like service service lift in the middle of the group that took us right to the right to directors to the director's seating, and we 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 got there. It was one nil. I was like, here we go again. I've had so many. I've, I've had such a crap time in that in, in those seats in the last two three four years. Lose every time. Here we go again. But you know, I I, I, I disagree with what people say about we played we played. Worse in this, worse, worse in this, best, worse in the first half and better in the second half. And they played better in the first half and they played worse in the second half. We 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 played well in both halves. See what I mean? They, yeah. they actually they they played really well in the first half, and uh, we kept them at bay. I don't even know their goalie was on strike. Their main goalie was on strike for, for a transfer transfer request issue. So they, oh, yeah. they had this twenty year old they have a twenty year old goalie come in. And the corners were really good, launching him on, launching right, right on the keeper. We had four yeah. players round him. I'm sure Stuart will be able to, uh, to talk about that as well. But he put, really, really put him under pressure. And but Jake Taylor had a great game. Everyone played really, really well. And one thing, I, one thing I noticed was they're really into analysis. At MK Dons. They had like strategists, and they had iPads, and they had all this stuff. You know, must have done a lot of research on on the play. When we brought our six random players on, they, they all that goes out the window, didn't it? They, all, they, they, they couldn't have planned for that. So, like Guion, 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 and the guys called absolute chaos. So they didn't know what to do. They, 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 were, they were just like, I think they were, they were so reliant on a plan that the, the plans went out the window, and that really affected them. And then, and then, what a finish! And what a you did this to it on on the TV. All you could hear was the uh, Morgan yeah. fans and the. And, there wasn't many MK Dunn stand there, obviously, but it was really, really great to see. And I was absolutely delighted. It meant a lot to the players, but they went absolutely mental, didn't they? All, all hugging in a big yeah. bundle. And Jed was absolutely delighted. And Jed had a lot to put. Jed, Jed had a lot to uh, a lot to deal with in the last uh, since he started his tenure, and uh, he deserved, deserved the win. And the boys did great. And uh, Stuart, from your perspective. Obviously, watching the boys on Saturday, when that winner went in, uh, the, the reaction for the entire bench, uh, as well as in the stands, uh, was absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of togetherness, isn't there? Oh, 100%. You know, uh, there's massive togetherness at the club. Um, I mean, I was sat down at the dining room table uh, watching it as my girlfriend's in the lounge, and all of a sudden I jumped up. I was like, yes, get in there. She's like, they scored. It's like, yeah, last minute. She's like, even she was buzzing with it, but... Yeah, honestly, the, the lads are brilliant. There's so much togetherness between the lads and the squad and like all the staff and that. So, I mean, everyone's been working so hard and the results just haven't been going for us recently. And like you said before, it's, it's not because we haven't been playing well. Um, you know, we've been playing well. And we've just been unlucky on a few of the games. Um, and I think that was the case Saturday. We didn't, we didn't play bad first half, just they're a very, very good team. We came out second half and, you know, we were just like, we've got nothing to lose. So... 
we pressed them a little bit higher and then that forced mistakes from them. Then we start building confidence from that. And because of that, all of a sudden we get the goal and then we're like, you know what? This is here for the taking today. So it makes a huge difference. Once you get that goal and, you know, you get that foothold in the game and obviously now having the option of the the new lads coming in as well, having more depth in your squad, bringing fresh legs on, it makes a massive difference. And obviously, you know, Charlie scoring that goal as well Saturday, he's uh, he's been brilliant, you know, since he's come on. And he's, to be fair, he's been great all season. He just hasn't had that opportunity because how good Michael Mellon was at the start of the season. But yeah. Obviously, now Mellon's gone, it's Charlie's time to shine. So I really hope he, he grabs that. And, you know, so far, he's showing everyone how good he is. And I'll come back to you now, Joel. Um, somebody that we're, we're on this podcast we're a massive fan of, Jake Taylor, another great game. That's three on the bounce that Jake's done brilliantly. Uh, looks looks really fit and he's affecting the game in a really, you know, he's, he's uh, tracking back and et cetera is brilliant, but he can affect it, affect the game going forward so well. And as Stuart's alluded to already, Charlie Brown has grabbed his chance with both hands, and I'm pleased for the pair of them. Yeah, two new players. Yeah, yeah. no, he's uh, pretty much. You know, Jake's been very unlucky with injury, and uh, it was interesting. I was having a look at some of the some of the stuff, the information out there from uh, about the game, and there was a little. Uh, I saw a little, a uh, little kind of average position chart on uh, on who scored. And it was quite interesting to see Jake was further back than Jan Songo, uh, kind of his average position where he's taking the ball. I think we kind of saw that in a lot of the play when he was the one going to get it from the centre-backs and trying to look to build out from the back from there, which I think is kind of... I, I get the feeling there's probably more the role he probably is better suited to, maybe. I think it's when he not, was... It's not, not a quarterback role, yeah. Yeah, I think when he was at Port Vale, that was the role he tended to be playing. I think there's... You yeah. know, and, you know, he, he got so many good... You know, I don't anybody watching that Port Vale uh, player final performance, you know, he was absolutely yeah. running the game from back there. Obviously, he can kind of play in that number 10 role. He's got the ability to do that. But I think it is good to see him a little bit deeper pulling the strings and then having that kind of high energy presence of somebody like Joe uh, Joe Adams or when he's fit, JJ McKinnon in that kind of more advanced role. I think that probably suits the team a little bit better and probably suits Jake a little bit better. So it's good to see him really kind of like kicking on in that role. And like you say, Charlie Brown, you know, he's given Jed headaches, isn't he? Which is exactly what you want from these squad players. Obviously, you've got somebody like uh, Jed Garner who's been brought in to kind of play that more traditional nine role and make those runs in behind, which I think we saw quite a lot of as a lot of when he was on the pitch, actually, you know, he's making quite a lot of runs in behind. He's trying to turn the defense a bit more, which none obviously didn't quite. There, were, there weren't any that fully came off, but it's just given the defense another thing to think about. And I'm sure yeah. we'll, you know, see positive effects on it throughout the season. But having someone like Charlie to come on and, you know, make a bit of a case to the get a bit of a case to the manager and you know give him something to think about. And you know, he's it's what you want. And yeah, it's that tricky one where you're like. He kind of deserves a start, but also you think, should I just because he's been so good off the bench? Maybe you'd want to keep bringing him off the bench. And I don't yeah. know, I it's a decision I'm very happy not to be making. So, yeah, I, I suppose it's a, it's a nice headache for Jed to have, isn't it, Charles? Little Jed and Big Jed have got a headache about them, they about Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little the... Jed's trying to fend him off, and Big Jed's wondering whether to put him in, but um, you know, they're uh, they're uh, the. Uh, uh, just what Stuart said there, Jed said to me a couple of times, Stuart, that Charlie Brown's probably trained so well all season yeah. and been really, really, really good. But, but Mike Moses kept him out, so now was his chance. So it was just a great, great finish. It, it was almost a goal where you were like, 
we um, we're more can we never win at MK Dons. Surely he's not going to score a world he go round. He's on his own, right? The only way he was going to be a goal was if he, he actually went himself. himself. And uh, it was absolutely amazing. And I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't remember um, in the last four, three, four, five years a better, um, a more, a more joyous reaction to a goal. Um, no. it, it's great. Yeah. Maybe calls away at Fleetwood, to be fair. Well, yeah, <laughs> calls, yeah, calls, calls at Fleetwood, but I mean, it, you know, it, similar to calls at Fleetwood because he started in his own half, didn't he? They did, yeah, yeah. Calls, calls at Fleetwood was against, you know, MK Dons are probably one of the best teams in the league. We're playing yeah. them away, you know, it, it, it was. It, there's all the dark. There's lots of different nuances there, but that was a hell of a goal. I know Stuart's been doing some brilliant co-commentary on I follow, mate. Well done, and you've seen a lot of games and. The uh, the um, I think people people don't people moan about our performance a lot of the time, but they don't give credit to the people who are playing. You know, we've drawn one more with Macles- with Mansfield, one more with Stockport, beaten MK Dons in the last yeah. sort of four or five games. That's amazing performance. You know, we we, we shouldn't be rolling over these teams five six nil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, something extra- I, it, yeah. I mean, the expectation sometimes gets it gets beyond us, doesn't it? Yeah. Talking of like the kind of fixtures we've had over Christmas as well, like the big tough fixtures, it's a really, really hard run that we've had. I don't know, like I I, I I don't know, obviously I think we had a chat about it after the after we finished last week for ease about how it, things are easy, e- easing up over the next few weeks in terms yeah. of fixtures. And I and I know I, I I wonder how like big picture like this the squad has of it, Steve, because like you don't want to you don't want to fall into the trap of thinking these are the easy ones now, but at the same time, you, you, you kind of do know that it's not quite as hardcore as it's been this past month. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's one of those we look at every game, obviously, individually. So, you know, there's no easy game in this league. And as we've seen against, you know, probably some of the lesser teams as such, that they've been really tough games and we haven't got results, whereas we've got results against a big team. So, it's one of those that it's like there's no easy game in the league, but I think it was more just the sheer amount of games and the sheer changes we had as well. So not yeah. only the Christmas period having loads of games, but obviously losing so many key players at once. And like you said before, like the recruitment's been excellent so far. We brought in good players to fill you know the slots that are missing now. And we're really starting to the team starting to gel together again. So you know, where we got up to the stage of everyone was sort of clicking beforehand and then all of a sudden you lose a load of players and all of a sudden you have to start again. It's been amazing how quickly the lads have really drawn together and we started playing, you know, that football again, like almost immediately. So I think the more we play together and maybe get one more, one or two more in maybe, um, I think we'll be really strong coming into the back end of the season. Well, I hope so. And following on from that, it was... Uh, it- understandably the crew game was called up after what was virtually 36 hours of non-stop rain locally but very disappointing from a, a point of view of us getting another game under our belts where people are getting to know each other Joel but also from the point of view that now we're back to sort of two sometimes three games behind people uh, but we are getting to the nicer weather as well so fingers crossed you know uh, we, it might stand us in good stead. Yeah, very possibly, you know. Uh, well, I think when the games, you know, we'll have JJ McKinnon back for the rearranged fixture, which is obviously nice and helpful. But um, and also they've uh, sold the, one of their best defenders as well since uh, that fixture has been rearranged. So maybe it was all just part of the master plan. But uh, yeah, it, it's one of those where I remember I, I went 
looking at looking at Crew's form, they were what like four wins in the bounce, and yeah, they were looking pretty tricky. But at the same time, you know, after that win on Saturday and and you know the performance against Mansfield, I reckon it's up there with it's one of our best two or three performances this season. You yeah. know, there's a half decent case for it being our best performance of the season. Uh, so, you know, there's. You know, there was there was a lot to be positive about on our end, there, and there was some momentum I would have liked to see us be able to carry into Tuesday. But it is what it is, and you know, I was listening to Chris Stokes earlier talking to the media, yeah, and he was and he was, and, and yeah. he was saying, you know, it would disappoint it to be called off. But if with the weather what it was, you look at the Stockport game, that was barely a game of football, you know, and yeah, right. it would have been, a, you know, it would have been a pretty crap game of football. Uh, let's be honest, and. I don't think the play. I mean, as a player, look, you want to play games, but also, you know, you want to actually play a decent game of football. And I think that would have been pretty tricky in the uh, in the conditions that the that, that would you know, that were going on on Tuesday night. Well, I'm I'm going to use a a, a, a little cheeky link that came came in my head just as we start recording, and the fact that the game on Tuesday night would probably the ball was going to be probably up in the stands and out for throw-ins and up in the air a lot, which leads us nicely to Colchester United on Saturday. Now, <laughs> Under the Cowley brothers, <laughs> uh, uh, and so uh, it's it's not going to be a dissimilar game, Joel. I don't think. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you know, we know what the Cowley are like. They're pretty pragmatic and direct, uh, but at the same time, they're very high energy. I mean, it's it, it's been interesting. I I did hear a little. I think I think Ken might mention that they've been looking to keep it on the deck a bit more in the last couple of games. But uh, yeah, we'll have to just wait and see. Really, it's quite hard to judge because. <clears throat> While they've got their own way of playing, uh, you know, the Cowleys, they've obviously got a different... They've, they've come into whatever squad that Colchester have and they've got to probably maybe look at it and think, are we going to make a few tweaks? Are we going to make a few adaptations? So it's a bit of a weird time to be playing them, really. Obviously, you know, they've only had a couple of games in under the new manager. And, yeah, there's players... A couple of draws. A couple of draws. So it's quite hard to read into things. I mean, if you look at the kind of story of the season so far, they've created a fair amount, but they've also shipped a fair amount. So you'd think that one of the first things that they're probably going to try and address is making sure they're a bit tight at the back. So yeah, I mean I imagine it's a tricky job for for, for Jed and and and, the, and you know and, and the coaching staff analysing them and thinking well I'm, I'm predicting because you know it's a new management team yeah. come in you've got to try and work you got to always kind of maybe do a little bit of guesswork and kind of Estimating going on what they've seen so far, but yeah, they've only got a couple of games to go off. But I'm sure there's you know there's a good plan in place, and there'll be you know an exciting game. And you know, back at the Mazuma, I always do kind of back us a bit. So yeah, 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 you're right. And obviously, uh, JJ hat trick in a three-one win, which was uh, when we were down at ten men after half an hour or so. So that was a fantastic win down there. But obviously, things have changed. But it, it's quite funny looking at looking at the forwards that they've got available. Um, John Akinde, who's very familiar to the Cowley brothers when he was at Lincoln. Uh, Tom Hopper, who again, uh, you know, and Connor Wilkinson. So I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if they will go short. Uh, I can't see it myself if they're playing any of those three, really. But you never know, do you? But they've got some decent midfielders. If Matt Jay's fit, uh, obviously spent his entire career at Exeter, but a good player. And uh, somebody who gave us a lot of problems uh, when Luton were in our division, Cameron McGeehan. Uh, who's ex-Chelsea, who's had three, two or three years abroad, but he's come back and they've picked him up. Uh, and he can affect things. I think he scored the goal when we beat him 3-1. So, looking at him, Stuart, this is never going to be an easy game, particularly with, uh, I know, we often talk about new manager bounce, but 
um, just sometimes training training change up different voices, it can have an effect, can't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, how often do you see it when a new manager comes in and all of a sudden teams start picking up, you know, a bit of form? So um, they probably would have gone in there. Obviously, they would have been a lot that they wanted to change and put their own stamp on things, just how much they've done. Um, you know, it depends on each manager. And, you know, sometimes you go in, you tweak one or two things, it really works. Sometimes you tweak everything and it works. So I'm sure they'll want to be going in there, putting their own stamp on the club and the team and how they play. So I think, yeah, they're going to obviously, they're going to come up there, uh, up to us and they're going to obviously want to want to give us a real good game. And um, you know what? They've got nothing to lose. It's obviously no one really sees them winning coming up uh, to Morecambe, but they're the tough games. You know, we're obviously very good at home um, and, you know, we want to we want to build on that. So, like I say, off the back of a couple of good, uh, good results against Mansfield and obviously winning at MK Dons, it's, it's going to be a tough game for us. And, you know, we're really going to have to stay focused and be on top of our game this weekend. And Charlie, as, as uh, Joel's already alluded to, uh, we've played we've played the Cowley brothers long enough to know they were at Portsmouth, they were at Lincoln. Uh, high energy, um, high energy. Um, whoever picks the ball up first, text to throw in, they get it back in play quickly. Um, they were more measured at Portsmouth than they were at Lincoln. They did play quite a lot and get it forward early and pick up the pieces, but they were more measured at Portsmouth, but with not much success. So. We know that they're going to they're, they're going to come they're going to not necessarily come at us, but they're certainly going to come and be high energy and get stuck in because that's the way the Cowleys play. <clears throat> yeah, we, we know how they we know how they play, but they don't know how Jed plays today, and they don't know how our new how, how our new how our new players are going to be playing because they they've got no um no no reference point. So I think we we've got the advantage there, and we just got to, we just got to, with, with the with the crowd in the home 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 fixture, I think we'll do well. I sincerely hope you're right. Obviously, weather permitting, Joel. Still, because obviously we've got we've got a bit of rain tomorrow, and yet another storm coming in for Saturday. It just seems never ending this at the moment. But um, I, I understand, Charlie. We've got a bit of good news on the groundsman front, so we might be okay. Well, we never had any bad news about this. But obviously, it was sad that uh, the guy, the, 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 the Rob's replacement, had to uh, had to leave the leave the leave the club. Because of uh, family, uh, personal, personal issues, but we have got a, actually had groundsman in place already. Who's 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 covering covering the uh, the pitch maintenance and care until until we find someone permanently. So, like I said last week, don't panic. We're we we're we're, we're uh, in control of the football club. I just hope he's got enough pitch folks, don't you, Joel? <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, like it's a tricky one with pitches because I think. With the crew game being called off, you got to remember that it was. I think you, you said it was raining around the area for you know, on and off for thirty six hours, roughly beforehand, and it's had a month. So to compare it to that Stockport game, uh, that that rain only whipped up about an hour or two before kickoff, whereas uh, obviously this was like going on for a few days before, and it's also had a month of footballing horrible conditions. Uh, since then, you know, that's always going to chunk the pitch a bit more, isn't it? But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if the weather is ha, ha, does play a part in Saturday. Hopefully it doesn't, hopefully it dies down a bit because just kind of thinking about what what have the Cowley brothers got to go on and, and how Jeb plays. And I, I, I don't know, I kind of feel like we're probably going to see a bit more of a, what we saw against Mansfield with that kind of high tempo, high energy. So it could be, I don't know, maybe it could be quite a chaotic game. And obviously 
Stuart knows, but he probably won't be able to tell us because uh, we can't really be giving away the game plan. On the yeah, I think I'd get in a bit of trouble if I did that. I know, yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to put you in that. I'm not, not going to ask. Yeah, I'm not going to ask. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, it might end up being quite a chaotic game, which could yeah, could be quite fun. Yeah, true enough. Um, again, we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we should have plenty to talk about next week, then, shouldn't we? So moving on to you, Stu. Now, um, obviously, you came on at the start of the season. Um, you were pretty pretty successful. Made yourself a crowd favourite. You were in really really good form. Uh, and then uh, what what exactly happened? It was at Sutton, wasn't it? It was uh, at Sutton. Yeah. What what exactly happened? Because obviously. Um, it dramatically changed your season, and from then on, it sort of dramatically changed changed the uh, the shall we say the trajectory of our season as a, as a club. Yeah, obviously, it was a very very frustrating time. Um, like you said, I I started the season, I was doing really well, felt good. Um, you know, felt like I was getting better and better with every game I played, and you know, just sort of out of nothing, really. I'd, took a goal kick and just felt a big crack in my hip and just thought that's not right. Hoping that maybe something had just like caught, like maybe the muscle had caught and it was just a bit sore. But um, yeah, obviously tried to play on. There's only a couple of minutes till half time. So I thought oh, I'll play on. Maybe I'll get some painkillers at half time and it'll be all right. And as I went into the changing room, obviously said to the physio, yeah, I want to go back out. I want to go back out. Um, just give us some painkillers. It'll be fine. And obviously he tested it and he said, yeah, there's no chance you're playing on that. So he obviously knew that there was something something quite badly wrong there. And it wasn't until I got the scan that obviously we realised the the true extent of the damage. And uh, yeah, I ended up having a, um, a grade three C tear in my quad. Um, 75% of the muscle was torn and also snapped the tendon as well. So what, um, just taking a goal kick. Just taking a goal kick, yeah. That's how much obviously how much power you try to put into the ball because you're literally striking it with everything. So literally, the surgeon just said, obviously, over the years, it's probably gradually worn down. And if you imagine it like a piece of string, it's just got thinner and thinner. And that one kick was the final straw and it just, yeah, the tendon just split. So, yeah, the tendon just snapped off. And uh, that's obviously what I had to have done on the operation. So I had an operation um, on the 31st of October. To uh, They basically went in to the side of my leg um, and they just... Yeah, snapped a bit of the tendon off and then sewed it back together again. So it was a yeah, it was a quite a big big thing to have. So here we are in obviously the sort of like nearly the end of January. So you you had the up three months ago. What's what's the prognosis at the moment then? Um, still in the gym. Um, still rebuilding. It's one of those that's quite frustrating. Although I feel quite good in myself at the moment. Um, the surgeon said it just needs a little bit more time healing. So. At the moment, I'm still on the rebuilding stage, and obviously, because it was such a you know big operation to have, it was a, obviously a lot of it is just waiting for the tendon to heal and make sure it's really like sort of you know knitted back together. So um, I've got another scan next week to check on the progress, and then hopefully I'll be able to make a bit more you know a bit more progress from there and be back on the grass soon. So yeah, probably looking sure. another couple of months maybe, but obviously I'm just trying to get back as soon as I can really. So is it? I mean, I know sometimes uh, tendon injuries they, they treat it that that um, you can start swimming because obviously there's not much weight on it. Are you are you allowed to swim? Not allowed to swim just yet. Um, I'll be allowed to do that at the next stage. So the next stage is going to be more sort of like plyometric stuff. So I'll be able to start jumping again. I'll be able to start swimming. Um, I've already started doing a lot of uh, bike work, uh, exercise bike work in the gym as well. So um, been doing a lot of squats, a lot of like 
sort of uh, quad exercises and like really building that muscle up. So obviously making sure as strong as possible when I, I do go back to doing these next exercises. So is it is it a situation where you're now um, sort of walking fairly normally? So when you see yourself you're in the mirror, you're like, this is for frustrating time because being injured as a professional footballer has got to be the worst thing in the world. Oh, yeah, it is very frustrating. You know, I've, I've been quite positive about it. Um, it's the first long-term injury I've ever had. So it's obviously been something different to deal with. But it's one of those things that, you know, I've just taken it every day of, okay, it's a long time, but at the end of the day, I'm doing it for myself to come back stronger. So, you know, hopefully by doing this and taking the time and doing everything correctly, it means that it's really going to limit, you know, the chance of it happening again. So I think, uh, you know, the surgeon said by having the operation, um, you know, the chance of doing it again went from 30% down to 5%. So fingers crossed, everything goes well. And, you know, I'll ne never end up doing anything like that again. So, um, well, yeah, ho hopefully not from your point of view, because yeah. um, it, it, it it's must be perspective. Obviously, uh, Smudger came in uh, and he did, a, he did a really, really good job. And then, um, and I know he won't mind me saying this, but then he, he beat himself up over the dropping the cross for Grimsby and he never seemed to get his confidence back after that. And it was a real shame because he was doing a good job up to then. And all of a sudden we we, we lost that day, obviously, 3-2, and then we went on a bit of a bad run and, um, you know, the, we lost a bit of confidence, not just Adam as well. Uh, then obviously we've lost all the, the lone players and we've had to sort of bring another fresh six people in. Uh, and all of a sudden, it, it's you're coming back to uh, you know you're coming back to a, a a different setup, a different virtually a different team, and also from your point of view, I know you've been getting the media working by doing I follow and then coming on here and stuff like that. But you've got to keep yourself busy, haven't you? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, obviously it's it's frustrating. Like I say, Smudge did really well when he came in, and obviously the Grimsby one, yeah, I'd be disappointed with, but. It's not the fact that he's he's been poor or anything. He's he's done yeah. well when he's come in, but obviously the performances haven't been great from from the whole team. So obviously the first thing that happens is you start conceding a few goals. Everyone looks at the goalkeeper, whether it's their fault or not. So um obviously the manager chose to bring another keeper in in Archie, who's a very good keeper, just for a bit of competition. But that's the life of a goalkeeper, you know, you sort of make make one mistake, or sometimes you don't even make a mistake, and the team has a bit of a drop in form. And all of a sudden, you know, something has to change. And a lot of the time it is the goalkeeper, unfortunately. And it's just a part of the position. And it's a, yeah, it's a horrible, horrible uh, position to be in. But yeah, like I say, it's, it's been it's been tough. Obviously, I've, I've kept myself busy. Um, I actually did a, a bit of a digital marketing course, um, just a small one for a couple of months, just to keep myself ticking over, give me something to do. And then obviously doing the commentary has been brilliant. So you know, I've been watching the game a lot differently to how I would if I was just sat in the stands. If I sat in the stands, I'm sort of like, you know, itching to be out there, like, wish I could do this, wish I could do that. So watching it, you know, and commentating on it, I'm looking at it in a completely different way. And, you know, it's another another thing that I could potentially go into, obviously, once my career is over, because, you know, I'm 29 now. So it's things like that you've I want to try put into progress for you know, when I, I do eventually come to the end of my career, hopefully that'll be a long time away yet. But, you know, obviously... Yeah, just... you're 29, you're not at your peak yet. No, exactly, exactly. Hopefully I've got, you know, at least another 10 years minimum. So, uh, fingers crossed, you know, many more years of playing. But if I can just do a few things on the side, then that'll be that'll be even better. Joel, do you got anything to ask you? No, not massively. I've kind of covered it all. But yeah, I guess, you know, with with all the, all the rehab stuff, I guess... 
about making sure that that chance of reoccurrence is really low and having the, the muscle built up around it to kind of support it, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's one of those frustrating ones because a lot it's all internal. So this is the reason, obviously, why I've, I've got to have another scan next week to check the progress because you'd look at it and apart from sort of a big scar down my leg, you think, oh, you know, it looks pretty normal now. The size has returned to sort of the same as the other side and it's just obviously making sure everything's knitted together and all the muscle around it's able to support, obviously, you know, all the work we're going to be doing because, like I say, every time you go, go to strike a ball, you know, we're probably the only position that's expected to kick you know, between 10, 20, 30 balls, 70, 80 yards up the pitch and, you know, land it on, on the sixpence really. So there's every other position is a lot more shorter passing or they do a couple of long range passes in a game. But obviously as a goalkeeper, you put so much effort into every kick and, you know, yeah. it's a power-based position anyway. So, um, yeah, just need to make sure obviously you've got confidence in that when, when I do come back because when I do come back, obviously I want to be, you know, firing uh, as highly and uh, as best as I can. It really was the most innocuous challenge. I, I was I was, I was, was there watching it at Sutton. And it was so... You, you, you only kicked the ball. <laughs> and you've yeah. been out for five months. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. You, 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 if you're being out, you should have been carried up a stretcher and with an oxygen tank <laughs> and <laughs> a defibrillator. And all, you know, because five, five months, is really, I can't believe it actually... It was just a regular goal kick, wasn't it? It wasn't like you were trying yeah. to score or no. it was quite a small pitch there as well. That, that's the thing. Like it's sometimes uh, the ones that sort of come out of nothing are often the worst ones. You know, you probably I could have gone into a challenge with someone and come off, you know, second best and probably been out for maybe a few weeks. But it's just one of those things, unfortunately, that you know it comes literally off striking a ball. You'd think taking a goal kick, how would you get injured from that? But yeah, it's it's one of those. It's just. Yeah, it's wasn't exactly a near-death experience, was it? No, exactly. John Baker did it, didn't he? John Baker did it pre-season a couple of years ago. He he tore yeah, he tore hamstring completely off on to, down to the bone in a really not good yeah. challenge. He was out. He had got a game all season after that. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back to you, Stuart. Final question. Uh, you, you've obviously got. Um, have you got a game in your head that you want to you want to be back for? Have you got a date in your head, or are you just taking it for the scan next week? I think I'm going to obviously look at the scan next week and see where where that says. Um, yeah, I think you know I did have a rough idea, but it's it's such a long time out. It's hard to sort of pinpoint one specific point. I think at the moment, you know, my aim is to come back and play this season, whether that's five games. 10 games, two games, one game, whatever it is, you know, I want to be back on that pitch as many games as possible. Um, I think it comes down to, you know, I could set myself a goal to come back, but at the end of the day, I want to make sure it's right because if I come back too soon and then do it again, then you're looking at obviously, you know, pushing into next season as well. So for me, yeah. the next is obviously getting it, getting it properly right and then, you know, I want to play as many games as possible this season. That, that was my goal, obviously, at the start of the season was to play as many games as possible. And it's just unfortunate, yeah. you know, the timing of when I've I've done the injury and, um, like I say, the severity of it. But hopefully, once I'm back, I'll, you know, I'll get a couple of games in this season. And then, uh, yeah, who knows, hopefully be pushing into playoffs as well. Well, I was just going to say that. I was just looking on the positive side, which we always are on here. I was like... Oh, you'll be back. You'll be back for semi-finals at playoffs, and then when we get to Wembley, you'll be you'll be all right. So uh, that's that's the way to think, Joel, isn't it? No, exactly. Yeah, 
uh, just gearing up right for the uh, the crunch end of the season, come and sweep a bit of glory at the end. <laughs> yeah, I think if uh, if I could come back for for the last few games and then we get into the playoffs and go uh, go lift the trophy at Wembley and uh, get promoted, I think that'd be uh, the best case, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it would. But if we got a penalty, don't be surprised if he brings Archie on. <laughs> I've seen he's very good at penalties. To be fair, but some save that, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, the, the hand onto the foot one. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a big lad, so he feels he feels a goal. That's for sure. Yeah, and we we had him on, and we asked him how he did it, and he said, "I had no idea." <laughs> <laughs> right, Charlie, uh, have you got anything for us before you have to disappear and take your child home? Well, well I had a lot. I had a lot. We had a lot of things last week, but we you know we're really pleased. With, we're really pleased with signings. Oscar signed an extra contract extension, which is great. Um, yeah. We've got the crew game. Yeah. If you think the crew game's re, been re. Uh, Reassigned to 9th of April. 9th of April, yeah. Uh, yeah, 9th of April. Um, the, the, we have got head groundsmen in place, actually head groundsmen in place, contrary to popular belief on the uh, on the interweb. Uh, we've got a new kit supplier signed up for which we're going to be announced at the end of the season. Oh, exciting! Exciting. So lots of good things going on, and uh, and uh, it's uh, it's it's a big game this weekend. But hopefully, we can get we can get another win. I've got to go. Perfect timing. Yes, perfect timing. Thanks, Charlie. See you guys. See you later. So we're just left with the uh, the the three musketeers to finish it off. Uh, Joel, have you got anything from the trust? I don't suppose there's been much happening in the last week apart from um, the one thing that did happen last week, and I, I do want to comment on this is obviously um, the fact that more people became aware of the podcast because uh, Charlie came on and actually said, you know. The situation with the board, there is going to be, uh, we're looking at getting a fans forum, which is still going to go ahead. Uh, I know he's forgotten about to mention that, but I know that's happening. Uh, and so we, we got extra extra listeners and watchers because of that, because people were uh, obviously um, getting a bit panicky and saying we're like Reading, etc. We went over that last week. So it was it was a pretty positive thing that the Shrimps trusted, saying we're in dialogue and, and hopefully we'll discuss a way forward. Yeah. No, it's. It, I think it's actually being discussed right now, actually. <laughs> but um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those where a lot. I think I think a lot of people see what's happening at Reading, and I get why people make the association. Obviously, there are you know there are things that I you know we all like to be a bit better, but they're not really entirely comparable situations. So whether there's a need to you know how how much of a need there is for some kind of protest. You know that's up up for debate, and obviously we'll have a look into that and any feasibility. But for now, kind of like Charlie says, you know the club's obviously running okay. Uh, yeah, players aren't being fed microwave meals and there's hot water and unlike Reading, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I think there is Steve. <laughs> like a yeah, there's hot water. I mean, I think there was a lot of water the other day for the last few days. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think you know, in case the tank's been like they can just uh, pop outside for a bit, can't they, with a few buckets? But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I think so. I think on that, yeah, not really too much to update on from uh, uh, from last week. Hopefully, over the next kind of week or two, we'll have a bit more to update on uh, once we've had the chance to have a meeting and, dis- and discuss a few things. Well, I think that's probably when you'll you'll uh, you'll fix a date for the fans forum. I think, I think they they want you involved in that. So um, I think that's that's what I hear anyway. So that'll be good because, uh, like I say, the the one statement that was repeated often often on the internet was that <laughs> uh, Charlie's actual quote was, "We want Jason out. Jason wants out. 
and the fans want Jason out. And I was like, you know, when people hear and Jason wants Jason out, then, when, you know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, I don't think people were understanding that the board and Jason were now, uh, shall we say, now talking to each other and, and pulling, uh, shall we say, rowing the same boat in the same direction, which they always haven't been. And once that became clear, then all of a sudden it's calmed down a bit, which I think is a good thing. No, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully there, there, there is, you know, like it sounds like there is some kind of movement towards a positive conclusion. Hopefully that'll that'll get reached relatively soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, the crew game has been uh, rearranged for the 9th of April. When Stu is um, back, hopefully. Which yeah, Stu might be been back been for. Been yeah, been exactly. That'll give me a good target. You said for a game. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll, that'll be April. a good target. Yeah, it would. It would make a good target. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the thing is, 9th of April, clocks have gone forward. Uh, it might actually be light when you kick off, and it might not actually be raining, Stu. So it'd be quite pleasant to make your second debut then. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I don't think there's ever a time where it's, well, it might not be raining, but I don't think it will be uh, be a calm day because it's never a calm day at the Mazuma, is it? Let's be honest. No, 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 <laughs> that no. wind machine behind the uh, behind the goal behind the halo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if, if we do get if we do get a calm day, it, it's usually a sign that there's a storm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thanks honestly. for coming on, Stu. Good luck. Good luck with the rehab. Good luck with the, the scan next week. I hope it goes well. Thanks for doing this. Um, I know that uh, Matt, Matt was trying to press gang somebody this afternoon because he was really busy. I don't know you stepped forward, and I really appreciate you doing this. But I think it's good because the fans will get an update on what's going on with you. And uh, don't think we've forgotten about you because we haven't. So uh, no, honestly, it's a pleasure to come on. And like I say, it's always always great to obviously to be here and be be talking about it. It's, it's disappointing that it's not in different circumstances, but hopefully next time I'm on here, I'll be uh, be back playing again. Yeah, and uh, and we'll be saying where you're sitting on the coach to Wembley. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Right, this has been uh, Shrimpnet. Thanks to Joel. Thanks to Charlie. Thanks to Stu. Uh, we'll be back next week to uh, pick over the bones of uh, of the Cowley brothers taking quick throw-ins and quick free kicks and the fun and games at the Mazuma. We'll see how that goes. Um, and obviously, uh, obviously, hopefully, I have a bit more positive news about the fans forum. Thanks for watching or listening. Do spread the word. Uh, if we're if we're suffering with listeners, we'll be getting Stuart involved with his digital marketing to actually uh, get more people involved. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>